Get it in here. I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Stay on the Stay on the the big dogs. Stay on the board. It's time. Live. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. Say what? It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. And a very good Thursday to you, T.C. Martin. Here, Ballpark Frank out today. Numchuck here on the other side of the glass. And we've got guests today, and we get ready for, oh yes, NFL season opener, week number one. I can't wait. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Dallas Cowboys, and it is happening tonight in Tampa Bay. You know what that means? We must go to, I'm going to say it, Champa Bay with our guy TJ Reeves, the Buccaneers sideline reporter. He has been waiting for this probably since the, what, second weekend in February. For the Buccaneers to kick it off so he can say, and the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, T.J. Reeves will join us live from Raymond James Stadium as we get the vibe. Because, yes, it's finally here. No restrictions anymore in the National Football League regarding stadiums, regarding fans. And uh, Raymond James Stadium will be packed tonight as the Buccaneers will open their defense of their NFL crown, their world championship. Never really understood why it's world championship. I mean, even World Series, for a matter. You know, it's, it's the United States. Sure, you got Canada. I understand that. But really, world championship? But that's okay. Whatever you want to call it. I'm fine with it. I mean, football is king, no question. But uh, Tampa Bay will open defense tonight against the Dallas Cowboys. So we'll be breaking that down as well. And a look ahead to the weekend on the NFL side. And, of course, Monday Night Football coming your way at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders will finally get a chance to play in front of 65,000-plus at Allegiant Stadium Monday night. Fans in the stands. So I know Mark Davis is looking forward to that. We're all looking forward to that. And that will be happening on Monday. Speaking of Mark Davis, you will hear from him today as well. As we talked to Mark Davis, got a chance to talk with him during the Aces game last night. He was my halftime guest. And as always, love talking with Mark. Uh, He loves talking about the Aces and the Raiders. We touched on both of those subjects with him. His two teams, and what a great time this is for him because the Aces win again last night. They are firmly in the playoffs. And after last night's victory over Minnesota, they are... In the number two seed position, should be able to hang on to that. So we talked to Mark Davis about that. And, of course, we talked with him about the Raiders and opening night. So he's got a huge day on Monday. I mean, we all got a huge day. If we're involved with the Aces and the Raiders, and it's going to be a crazy day as the Aces will be playing at 12 noon, I will actually be broadcasting the game at 12 noon. So... I'm going to have to get really creative about being back here to do my show from 2 to 4. So more than likely, what's going to happen is I'm calling in the reliever right now. No, I'm not pointing at you, Numbchuck. You're, 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 you're just the short guy. You're, you're, like the, you're like what Kevin Cash does with Tampa Bay, where you're maybe the opener, where maybe you can get one or two outs. I, I can't go to you for an entire hour. Just two outs? Just two outs. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, uh, so I believe C Win's going to come in on Monday for an hour. I will come in at 3 o'clock, join him. But, yeah, it's a crazy day on Monday. We're really looking forward to that. And the Aces had to move their game to 12 noon because the entire city of Las Vegas wants to kind of control traffic as much as they can. And Allegiant Stadium is going to be crazy with the ESPN 515 start for Monday Night Football. And so, yeah, so Mark Davis and I were joking about that, saying, hey, you know, we got to be here around 11, 11.30 in the morning for the Aces game at the Mandalay Bay at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Then we're going to have to uh, get done with the game, make our way over to Allegiant Stadium, hopefully not fight too much traffic. But that's why they're telling people, hey, go early, find your parking spot, get settled in. 
and a great opportunity. If you're going to go see the Aces as well as the Raiders, you can just stay parked at the Mandalay Bay. That's a good idea as well, too. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a, a great day and evening for the Aces as well as the Raiders. And Mark Davis, this is probably one of the, the greatest days of his life as his two teams are playing on the same day. And as he likes to point out, really in historic fashion for the Raiders to have the, the opener on Monday Night Football to actually be in uh, that stadium with 65,000 fans. Because you got to remember, he stayed away. His promise was, if we can't have fans at Allegiant Stadium for our kickoff season, he goes, I'm staying away as well, too. And that place was empty last year. For every home game, it was eerily weird just being in there. And sitting in the press box for those games, to be able, you know, I experienced something that I never experienced ever before last year in in all my years of, of covering sports. Is that, and this is you know coming from a guy who spent 12 years in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Anybody who's been to Lambeau Field or at least has even watched games and knows the history of the Green Bay Packers, knowing that you have 70,000 plus jam packed. It doesn't matter if it's a regular season game, a playoff game, a a exhibition game, or like a family night a scrimmage that they would have every year in Green Bay. That place is jam-packed. So to go to a brand-new stadium and see a game at Allegiant Stadium last year, to see all of those home games, those eight home games, unbelievable to not have a soul in the stands. No one. Where from the press box, you could actually hear the players, you could hear the coaches. And I'll never forget the, the first game that I went to I thought it was at a Pop Warner football game because there were players on the sideline that were clapping their hands and, and hitting their, their thigh pads. And they're going, defense! Defense! I, what, what am I experiencing here? What am I hearing? But that's what you got in an empty indoor stadium. But that's gone by the wayside now. So we're finally here. So yes, it's been a year coming where fans have been waiting, and those season ticket holders, the guys that plunked out thousands upon thousands of dollars for their personal seat licenses, their PSLs, that the Raiders were requiring years ago. Kind of very similar to what the Golden Knights did when Bill Foley said, hey, I'm bringing an NHL hockey team here. You guys got to put down your deposits at least two years in advance. And that's what Raider fans had to do. And then they had to purchase their tickets. They got to go through their tours. They got a chance to see everything. And then they get told, 2020, sorry, no fans. Where a lot of teams were saying, okay, in the NFL, you can come to our stadium. That's fine, but we're going to limit it. And you're going to have to spread out. I mean, Kansas City, they were drawing 20, 25, close to 30,000 fans. And when the Raiders went back to play Kansas City, you had a lot of Raider faithful who got into that stadium. But they couldn't get into their own stadium. So very unusual situation last year. So I'm really happy for those fans. And I know a lot of those season ticket holders who are going to be there on Monday night. And, you know, when you draw 51,000 for a preseason game that you didn't have really any of your skill set players play, and we're talking about that game against the Seattle Seahawks a few weeks back, you had no Derek Carr, you had no Josh Jacobs. I mean, you had, you had basically no starters, you know, playing in that game on either side of the ball. And they still put 51000 in. And Mark Davis says, you know what? I still want to make this an event. So he calls his good friend Carlos Santana. Says, Carlos, will you come play at halftime? Carlos said, sure, I'm down. Has Judith Hill, you know, come and perform before the game. No problem. Mark will be there. And then you had Marie Osmond singing the national anthem. So pretty special uh, for those superstars. And so in our interview that I had with Mark Davis Last night, uh, even alluded to that, like, hey, what do you got up your sleeve for this? So uh, we're going to play that interview next hour. So you hear that. Oh, and it's always great talking with Mark Davis. And for people that that haven't got a chance to know him or or meet him, or if you're an anti-Raider fan and you've basically poked fun at Al Davis and Mark Davis over the years, you know, 
you got to reserve judgment until you actually meet someone, have a chance to hear from them, and if you haven't personally met him. And this is a guy that is just so open to talking with anybody in the public. And I see it game in and game out, whether it's at Raider games or specifically the Aces game, where he has his seats at courtside there at half court. And people will just come up to him and say, hi, can I get a selfie? Give him a handshake. And he obliges. You know, no problem. I mean, every time. I mean, the guy's the most popular person, you know, in the building there at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. So, yeah, very approachable. And and I appreciate that people are cognizant of not wanting to, you know, to bother whether they're celebrities, celebrities or your athletes, coaches, you know, owners in this case. But uh, Mark Davis is one of those guys. He is a, a person of the public. And what Mark Davis has done, and a lot of people may not know this or they don't speak about it, and, and the media really hasn't even got on this as well, too. When Mark Davis purchased the Las Vegas Aces, remember, he did it because he loved women's sports. He's a big Title IX proponent. You know, going back to the college game, everything. His father, Al, was the exact same thing. And when he had an opportunity to purchase the Aces from the MGM, he said, I'm, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to do it just like I, I've done it with the Raiders for all the years. You know, Oakland, L.A., Oakland again, and here in Las Vegas. And what he's done here in Las Vegas has made sure that, you know, he connected to this community because he heard the rumblings. I mean, you know, he still hears it. You know, from people, you know, back in Northern California and even Los Angeles. Hey, the Raiders left, the Raiders left. You're going to leave Las Vegas as well, too. So he's cognizant of all that. So he's really made a big-time effort to be part of this community. And what he's done with the Aces is when he purchased the team and he realized fans could not go to the games last year because there was no season here in home courts in Las Vegas. The season was all conducted in Bradenton, Florida. And the bubble, wobble, call it whatever you want. And Mark Davis said immediately after he purchased the team, and he says, all you season ticket holders that were faithful and were planning on coming to games last year, I'm refunding your money. That's it. You get to come to the games for free this year. You want a refund? You want to come to all the games for free last year because you couldn't come last year? No problem. He's got you covered. And with the Raiders, he's done similar type of things as well. No, not offering you know fans you know, you know free tickets or whatever, but – you know, gave them that option that you couldn't attend any games last year. And like I said, he very easily could have said, we'll take 2,000. Well, t- you know, that's what the CDC was saying. That's what Governor Steve Sislak was saying. That's what UNLV did for their first game, home game. We'll have 2,000 fans. But Mark Davis said, nope, we have to do this the right way, and we're not going to play in that stadium until we can have 65,000-plus. And if we can't have 65,000-plus, guess what? I will not go to the game myself. Not go sit in my suite, sit in the box, not going to do it. And he held to his promise. So, again, I have a lot of respect for him. And, uh, again, got a chance to to see him and his father, Al, operate, you know, from, you know, when they were back in Oakland way back in the day. And so, yeah, this is, this is good. Everything that he's doing for this city with the Aces as well as the Raiders, uh, very well done. So whether you like the team, you don't like the team, don't like the the Davis family. You really don't have any reason, especially if you're here in Las Vegas. Because if it wasn't for Mark Davis, you wouldn't have a football team here. You wouldn't have the National Football League here. Plain and simple. And you could say, well, maybe Jacksonville, somebody else would have come, whatever. No, that's, those are hypotheticals, and you really can't say that. But the Raiders are here, and now it is paving the way for the NBA, Major League Baseball, MLS, everything else. And uh, it's it's great. So Monday night, very important day to him, a very important day to everyone uh, here in the city, whether you're a Raiders fan or not. And uh, it will be uh, a lot of pomp and circumstance. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Aces game at 12 and then the Raiders at 515 over at Allegiant Stadium. So looking forward to that. All right, so you hear from Mark Davis. T.J. Reeves is going to join us, like we said, from Tampa Bay a little bit later on in this hour, so hang tight for that. And then also, uh, we get to the handicapping side as well. Check Esposito from Sunset Station. He will join us next hour, as will Scott Spritzer. And our best bet segment is back. Cosmopolitan tomorrow. Of, score, of, of course, Scott is involved with that. Matthew Holt, myself, Ballpark Frank, Brian Benowitz. 
Mike Pritchard will join us tomorrow. So we just pick up right where we left off from last time we were at the Cosmopolitan. Of course, we were there last week, as we know. But our football home on our basketball home take a little hiatus during the summer, except, uh, except for special events. And, you know, we had a couple shows there during the course of the summer. But uh, we're back, our best bet segment. So we invite everyone to come on by the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, the greatest place on the Strip, especially with the William Hill Sportsbook there. So make sure you come on by and enjoy the show. Pritch will be joining us tomorrow as we preview the entire docket, week one of the NFL season, and also college football as well. And we'll take a good hard look at the Raiders as well. So a lot to cover on this show here today. All right. Um, don't know if anybody has gotten a chance to watch much of Hard Knocks. It's always one of my favorite shows to watch during training camp. And HBO does it like no one else. And this series has been has been going on since 2000. Uh, they took a couple of years hiatus, you know, about 10 years or so ago. The Cowboys have been a feature this year. They have been in, in other uh, years as well, too. But, uh, you know, so Hard Knocks has finally come to an end. They did four episodes this year, taking you behind the scenes to the Dallas Cowboys training camp, which starts in Oxnard, California. Then, of course, they take you through the preseason games, and they end up there in Frisco, Texas, where the Cowboys facility is. And, of course, getting you ready, you know, for the opener here tonight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the, The stars of Hard Knocks, they usually focus on a couple veterans, They'll focus on the head coach. They'll focus on a handful of rookies that they are that they deem are going to be interesting stories and really kind of suck you in to say, hey, we like these players. We get to know these players. And they also involve the families of the players. And what I did like, what HBO did this year, and they've changed it over, over the last few years. The last time they had the Cowboys on, they made the Cowboys – the Cowboy Cheerleaders, a focal part, which I didn't care for, and a lot of people didn't care for. Maybe some non-football fans did. But, you know, if you're watching the show, you're, you want to know what's happening in training camp. I know from a handicapping perspective, a lot of people really dive in so they can kind of get the, you know, they think they're getting an inside look or inside edge to what's happening in training camp and the team and the depth chart and all that stuff. So when the Cowboys last were on, you know, five, six years ago, they really dove in, oh, well, we're going to do the human element here and, and get to the players' wives and all that kind of stuff. And I guess that's okay, but that's not what us sports fans want to see. No. And they dove into the Cowboy cheerleaders. Well, they didn't even address that this year. I mean, a little blip, I think, in episode one. But for the most part, it gave you more football, which I think football fans really appreciated with that this season. And you got a chance to see Dak Prescott. You got a chance to see Ezekiel Elliott. And even though these guys did not suit up for one game, and we'll see how that plays out, you know, tonight or whatever. But when you watch Hard Knocks, they usually try to paint a pretty good picture of this team. And, you know, we're going to dive into this from a handicapping perspective today. How much of the Hard Knocks influences betters to actually bet on the team that they're following for those four weeks? In this case, it's the Dallas Cowboys. And if you really look closely, you'll see that the Dallas Cowboys are really not that good of a football team. And Mike McCarthy is not a great coach. But there are going to be people that are going to, you know, especially that are Cowboy fans or pseudo-Cowboy fans, thinking, man, this team is really going to be good this year. They could go to the Super Bowl. They could go to the playoffs. If you look at this team and what they have accomplished or not accomplished – Go back to the last 25 years, the Dallas Cowboys, they've won 10 games, okay? 10 games or more, and only seven seasons. That tells you how far that this franchise has fallen off. And Jerry Jones, we talked about it after week one of Hard Knocks, how he made this emotional speech and he was crying, saying how bad he wants to win a Super Bowl, how bad he needs to be in a Super Bowl, whether it's for his own validity, his, you know, his ego. I think it's more ego. Because, again, he, he won a championship right away with Jimmy Johnson back in the day. And the Cowboys haven't done anything ever since. So when you look at this roster and you look where this team is at and, and you look at their quarterback position, there are a lot of question marks here, and especially with a lot of injuries. And Zach Martin will not play tonight. He's out with COVID. That's going to be a big blow. And you look at the Cowboys' record with him and without him the past couple seasons. 
it's a big difference. So we'll dive all that, all that into with our, with our handicappers and TJ Reeves. But if you've been watching Hard Knocks, they put a mic on Ezekiel Elliott. And that's not a good thing. Now, the last couple of weeks, we went back and we played some, some audio from the Hard Knocks episodes with Ezekiel Elliott. So we thought we would go ahead and conclude, since Hard Knocks concluded just the other night, we'll give you some uh, parting shots of the Cowboys running back. And if you can't translate anything that he is saying, I, w- I would love to hear from you as well, too. <laughs> so uh, Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys played their final regular season game where the Jacksonville Jaguars came in to play the Cowboys in Dallas and the Jaguars decided to play their starters the entire first half. And Mike McCarthy decided, you know, we're not going to risk injury here, so we're going to go with our backups. And the Jaguars blew out the Dallas Cowboys in this. So here's Ezekiel Elliott from the sideline during that game and a little impressed with Trevor Lawrence for the Jags. Lawrence hasn't missed a pass yet. Six of six. Easy pitch and catch. That's a perfect throw. Boy, you're smooth like butter. That boy like that, son. Smooth like butter. Okay, I, I can understand that. You know, there again, he's, he's checking out Trevor Lawrence. You know, okay, that's fine. Now, a backup to Ezekiel Elliott uh, has been trying to make the team uh, a, a rookie. And uh, Zeke's been trying to mentor him, but and he's turned out to be one of his biggest fans, too. And, and this player who is sitting behind Ezekiel Elliott uh, lost his contacts during week number one. So lost his contacts on the field, didn't play well at all, lost a fumble. Then he had to go to glasses. That didn't work out so well. Then he went to goggles. So uh, Zeke uh, was having a little flashback about that. Well, I told you he needed to take them glasses off. They was fogging up. I'm like, bro, there's a lot of people that play football that are have, yeah, basically blind. Like, like you can wear contacts, bro. He wasn't wearing contacts No, he was, and then one popped out. But then he put the specs on. But then it started fogging up. The EDs. There's Ezekiel Elliott, again, you know, uh, need a little translator sometimes. He's got his own lingo. Uh, we understood what the specs were all about and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Zeke. And, of course, Zeke has that, that classic laugh. I don't know if we should call it classic or not, but uh, you, you got to zoom in on the laugh. I swear to God, they cannot see him. And the next thing you know, he... <laughs> there we go. He's, and he's talking about the running back again yeah, with the glasses. So uh, we're talking about uh, Hardy, the, 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 back, the backup running back there who's trying to make this team. Oh, and by the way, he, he didn't make the team. Yeah, made the team on, on the practice squad. So, yeah, that's Zeke laugh. And I think... You know, we remember hearing that laugh from Zeke a couple weeks ago. Do I have some seats? <laughs> that dude is just off, man. That dude is just off. Plain and simple. But it has kept my attention with, with hard knocks. You know, uh, Zeke Elliott. Just keep a microphone on this guy. Um, more from Zeke. So that was Hardy coming off the sideline who had a, a pretty good fourth quarter trying to make the team against the Jaguars. And Zeke said, yeah, keep running that bitch. <laughs> I don't know. Then... There's the glizzy comment that we heard from Zeke a few weeks back. He resorted back to that this week as well, too. Glizzy. I need it. We'll see what unfolds in the second half at halftime. Jacksonville's leading Dallas 17-7. to Oh! Oh, no! <laughs> I let y'all boys get a jump on me? No way. And now Zeke, the speed and quickness as he hits the locker room. Glizzy game. 
Glizzy, Nunchuck, help me out here because you're kind of hip to the Glizzy game. No one knew what he was talking about, and then we had to like look it up last week. We got a couple different. There was like dictionary. four different meanings. Right, right. The we're, one was a hot dog, right? We're thinking hot dog. We're thinking we're, hot we're dog. We're going hot dog. Is that confirmed? Uh, yeah. Okay. What, what's option two of the Urban Dictionary for Glizzy? A gun. That's right. A gun. He was because he's talking about a Glock, right? Or uh, some oral. Or <laughs> that was that was one of the that was the other one. Another, another version of the hot dog yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else that that I, that I need to know here? For if I start going to my my Urban Dictionary classes here, just don't go to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, he likes to let it hang. Doesn't he? He likes to let it hang too. The old Glizzy? Oh, that's right. Okay, so we had that was the first Glizzy from last night. Then he went to the old Glizzy. Okay, let's hear the old Glizzy. I see a hot dog at halftime. <laughs> I see plenty of hot dogs in my future. <laughs> Unlimited glizzies. <laughs> okay, so that's got to be a double meaning, right? Because, except for me, you're not going to get that excited about a hot dog. Unlimited hot dogs. And then he comes back with unlimited glizzies. I, I can't believe that that guy would be that excited about eating some food, even though I know that he said that he was hungry because he wasn't playing at all, just on the sideline. You know, you know, watching everybody else. So, I don't know. Zeke Elliott. I don't know. You got more? Let it hang. Why not? Let's go. Oh, let that shit hang, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> let that shit hang. I don't know what we're letting it hang. But you know what my favorite? My favorite was, and we talked about this after, I think, believe it was episode one, when he had an itch or something wrong with him, and he said that he needed some baby powder. And then we were trying to figure out exactly what he was talking about, why he needed the baby powder. Hey, my gooch feel dry. I might have to put some powder down there. Get, uh, what's it called? I don't want my to, I don't want them bitches to get up. I know. I can smell it and just rub it. I need some baby powder. Hey, can I get some baby powder? Please. <laughs> now if I fart, he'll be able to see a big cloud of baby powder. So, so now we know. Now we know what the gooch is. So the gooch is the backside. The gooch is the front side. It's the backside. We don't know. But if he's going he's talking about farting and you're going to see some baby powder, I'm thinking he's saying is is gooch. He needs some baby powder for his gooch. Urban Dictionary. I need you again. I don't know the gooch. Ezekiel Elliott. So. The good news is I don't have to see any more Ezekiel Elliott. And I can see him play football now, no more mic'd up on the sidelines, and he'll be in a game and play some meaningful football. And hopefully the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, take it to him. So there you have it. All right. So hard knocks comes to an end. But overall, I did enjoy the hard knocks. Ezekiel Elliott, not so much, but God, man, I did laugh. I did. All right, we come back. We are going to go to Raymond James Stadium, and we are going to go to Tampa Bay, or as like our good friend T.J. Reeves like to say, Tampa Bay. The Bucks sideline reporter, he is getting ready for action to be involved in the radio call tonight. It's the NFL season opener. It's Bucks cowboys next. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, uh, yeah. We go down to Tampa Bay. What a great song here, too. The Pride of Hialeah, Florida. That's where we're going. And hopefully they'll be jamming to this tonight. A little Casey and the Sunshine Band. And my man TJ Reeves. I don't think he's able to dance because he's inside Raymond James Stadium as we speak. Because he has to be professional. 
Yes, the Bucks sideline guy is ready to call the action from the radio side for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending champions, as they open it up tonight. Yes, right. The Cowboys coming to town to take on the Buccaneers. It is finally here, and TJ Reeves is with us live from Raymond James Stadium. What is going on, my man? You are listening live to someone just outside of Raymond James Stadium who is about to enter shortly as the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers begin defense of their title with those dastardly Dallas Cowboys. Where else would I rather be than on with my man, T.C. Martin, the doctor, prior to the NFL season kicking off here? I can tell you there are about 273,000 of my closest friends that are trying to get to this game and have been for the last 40 minutes while I've been in traffic. But I'm almost there, brother. I am almost there, and we're about uh, two and a half hours from kickoff. And I'm looking to my right, and I see a Jason Witten jersey for Cowboy fan. I see an Ezekiel Elliott, and then I see a whole bunch of Tom Brady, a whole bunch of Rob Gronkowski. There's a Mike Allstott jersey. There's a Derek Brooks jersey. Uh, Yeah, this is going to be something. This is almost three hours, two and a half hours before kickoff. This is going to be some scene tonight, my friend. You know, what's pretty cool, TJ, is you're there, you're kicking off the NFL season opener week one, and then I'm going to be over here with the nightcap on Monday night. Bookends, baby. Bookends. So we've got the bookends. So there you go. So I will reciprocate. If you need me on your end for Monday night, I'm there for you, brother, because I appreciate you being there for me as we kick it off here with uh, you uh, live from Raymond James Stadium. Uh, well, currently I have a Cowboy fan holding up a shirt that says, We Dem Boys, as I'm sitting at a traffic light in front of my car. <laughs> uh, move along, and he's, I don't know what he's doing. Honk he's the horn. I want to hear, hear a horn honk right now. <laughs> I want to hear a horn honk, and I want you okay, well, roll down the window and put me on speaker. I did you not. Let me I talk to this ham Live on the T.C. Martin Show, I have a Tampa police officer telling this ham and egger, get out of the road <laughs> while we try to turn left. As he holds up a shirt that says, how about them boys at the crazy? cars, including mine? This is uh, tremendous here on the turn-in to the Raymond James Stadium parking lot. Of course, of course. All right, my friend, opening night tonight, Tampa Bay, the, the vibe in Tampa Bay, as you like to say. Oh, and by the way, again. You, you may have seen my social media post. I am wearing your shirt today in honor of you. Thank you very much for the express yeah. delivery. I am wearing it, and not only am I wearing it, I'm betting it tonight. So no question where my money is at tonight, it is on the home squad. All right, so my question, I'm about to talk to the parking lot attendant here in just a second, and she's going to ding me in, so we're all good. I got, I got through the guy, the, the, the dastardly pedestrian, uh, without running him over. That's too dastardly. My dastardous. question is, what That's is too- the line? Wow. Because I heard the line is actually going down because so many people are betting Dallas. What's Whoa. the deal? Again, it's a, you're, you're like 4,000 miles away. Where you get this... This hostile information is beyond me. Are you kidding me? Well, somebody told me earlier this afternoon that the line had been at eight and a half. It's down to like nah, eight nah, and nah, a half. Nah, nah, I have nah, to go nah. to the doctor. You, you, I have to go to the doctor. Yeah. What is the doctor? You, you go to the doctor. It is one-sided money. The books in Las Vegas are rooting big time for the Cowboys. The line opened seven, went to seven and a half, went to eight, went to eight and a half, went to nine. And as we sit here right now, nine and a half home wow. team. Yes, it's all Tampa Bay money. So again, don't listen to these other ham and eggers, you know, from uh, some of these other middling states. Come on, you got to you got to go to the source, my friend. You go to the source, you come to me. I go to the source when I need Buccaneers, Rays coverage, Lightning coverage. I go to you. End of story. Come on. All right, so I'm pulling in while we're talking live, interactive here, and I want to get out of the car for a moment and let you hear the ambiance because there are a bunch of people around here besides me just being in the vehicle at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, and, and by the way, again, fans welcome back at full capacity. So there's going to be 65,000 uh, here tonight for the first time uh, in a couple of seasons. The Bucks did not have a hard sellout in the 2019 season. you got to go back to the 2018 season of the last time. Did you hear a little band? Did you hear a little ambiance now that I got out of the car? Are you able to hear that a little bit here on the C.C. Martin Show? Uh, I, I'm hearing uh, I'm hearing some traffic. I'm hearing some people, and I and I got crickets. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we got loud. We got loud band going right now. Here, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> and see if it's a little bit better. Do you hear any of the ambiance yes. in the background? Yeah. And like Perhaps. You said. Okay. Maybe that's a little better. All right. I got cowboy fans 
around me. Is that a John Kitna jersey? Somebody has a John Kitna no, number three Dallas no, Cowboy no. backup quarterback. That is, what is that all about? There are a lot of obscure Cowboys in history. That may be one of the most obscure. Well, that guy's walking by me. There's some more Brady jerseys, a Derek Brooks jersey, Rob Gronkowski. Very interesting tonight that the Buccaneers will be in white, T.C. Martin. Uh, see, I was going to ask you about this. I'm not a fan yeah. of this. Stop it. Are they well, doing this because they want Dallas to wear the blue because well, I don't they're the think, Cowboys of white? Honestly, is it the heat? I don't think it's as much that. I think it is because this team went on the playoff run last year beating the Saints, Stop. beating the Packers, and beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl while wearing the white. Remember, the Bucks chose to wear the white as the home team uh, in the Super Bowl in their own stadium and put the Chiefs in the red and won the game anyway. So maybe it's a little bit of the Cowboys being in blue, but this is more about the, uh, the the mojo of Champa Bay from earlier this year in January and uh, February the 7th for the Super Bowl. So this is going to be some scene. I don't see Dak Prescott walking around. I see plenty of people uh, wearing his jersey, but I don't think Dak has gotten to the stadium as of yet, T.C. Martin. All right, so let's talk about this. Uh, opening nights don't always go well for the defending champs. As we know, it's tough to repeat. You're getting every team's best shot. We've talked about this before. Is there any sense in your mindset, being an objective media member here, that there could be a possible letdown, or you know, is it is it because really, TJ, it's impossible not to have a letdown. It's impossible not to. Well, you've got the number one guy to be able to handle it, and I think we talked about this on your show. I mean, it's like yeah. Michael Jordan with those Bulls teams in the late nineties. Right. Michael was never going to let them be overconfident or have a letdown or any of that stuff. And I don't think TB12 is going to be the same way. I, I believe that uh, he is commanding that room right now, the 53-man room, in the locker room, in the meeting room. Uh, this, is, this is how you, you get to win another one of these. You put the work in. Because tonight, I'm looking right at the scoreboard at Raymond James Stadium, the North scoreboard, right by the pirate ship. You know what it says, T.C. Martin? What's it says say? nothing, nothing. Yeah. If the game starts tonight, nothing, nothing. Breaking news. Buccaneers in the standings, no wins, no losses. None of what happened last year helps you this year. So, I, you know, the Buccaneers, I think, are going to have that mindset. I think Brady's going to have that mindset. I would love to know because the doctor's all about the information. What is Brady's record as a defending Super Bowl champion quarterback in New England on the opening game the next season? i, I got to believe he was like 5-1, and one, if not 6-0 and oh for the six New England wins. And this is now the seventh. You, you I don't know. think Brady's going to let him be overconfident. You know, you bring up a great point because we've seen it with other teams that don't have that veteran leadership, and, and they kind of fall by the wayside. And, you know, we go back to last year. I know it was Gr- Brady's first Brady's first game with them last year, so he really didn't have full command of the team. He came in and really didn't know anybody. And I just remember that, that where they got drilled, you know, by the Saints. But you're right, this is different. Now you have a year under your belt, and you, you lead this team through the playoffs on the road for the most part. And then you win the Super Bowl, and now you have an offseason of, of, you know, uh, partying and appearances and rolling around with the you know on the boat and in the, the trophy and all that stuff. I get that, but again, you, now you get back to reality where it's like, okay, now we've got to play football, and maybe you do have a great opponent for the Buccaneers tonight as well too, because you got a team that was miserable during the preseason. They got a, a head coach who is almost clueless. Then you got your starting quarterback <laughs> and a running back that have not taken any snaps. And with your quarterback, Dak Prescott, who's been injured, so maybe this is a perfect scenario. And I think that's why the line is going where it's going, and everybody and their mother is betting Tampa Bay, maybe for all of these reasons. But, I mean, really, just blindly, it's, it's real easy to say, hey, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, they got basically everyone coming back. Yeah, let's go with them. But in sports, as we know, it is the toughest thing to do is to repeat. All right, and Brady's the last to do that with New England in 03 and 04. And if it was that easy, somebody would have done it before now. Ask Patrick Mahomes how hard it is or it isn't. And back to the Dak Prescott thing again. And by the way, I'm now headed towards Raymond James Stadium as we speak. And some rain is beginning to fall. It rained earlier in the day. Just FYI, uh, it poured rain earlier in the day. It's a well, uh, it's one of the best fields, if not the best field in the NFL at drainage. But the rain is starting to come down a little bit here. Again, but back to the point of uh, Dak Prescott not taking a snap at all, including in that final preseason game in Jacksonville. The guy hasn't played since last October. Right. Shoulder problems or not in training camp, didn't you want to get him out there under live fire for a few minutes? Of course. Uh, for a series? Yeah. 
before you go against the menacing Buccaneer defense, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Devin White, and company that are coming after him, I think that's a real risk and probably a calculated mistake, not just by McCarthy. I mean, we know who's calling the shots. Jerry Jones is the one that said he's not playing in the preseason. We're going to wait and give the shoulder as long as possible. But I think that could end up being a mistake tonight. I think Dak Prescott may struggle early in this game, and the Cowboys got to be fearful that if he does, that it's not a runaway, TC. Is there any part of, of, of anyone, I know not in that locker room, but just maybe from the fan base there, the, the feeling that, like, hey, last year was this, like, perfect season, and it was unexpected. I mean, nobody expected. Again, when you make the playoffs, when you're, you know, facing, you know, the Saints and the Packers and those teams on the road, again, you're not a high seed. You weren't expected to be there, you know, so take us through that to where we are now because now we're hearing these props out here about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going 17-0, which I think is ludicrous. The Kansas City Chiefs going 17-0. Nobody's going 17-0. The Chiefs aren't going 17-0. The Buccaneers aren't going 17-0. The Packers aren't going 17-0. No one is, but it's just crazy how you hear this stuff from the media and then I'm just curious, like from a fan base, do they think, you know, last year was a perfect storm. This year, eh, maybe we've got to be a little bit cautious here. Well, I, you know, you make a good point about trying to win them all, and you can't win them all, obviously, tonight. And you can't win them all until you win the first one. And so that's the idea here. I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing if the Buccaneers have a loss, especially early on in the season, because then all of that talk will stop. I mean, if they get out of the gate fast here and beat Dallas badly and they're playing Atlanta in week two, who's got a first-year coach, they're playing them at home, once you win those first two games, then what's everybody going to be talking about? What you just said, can you win them all? Then you go to the Rams, and then you play New England at New England. I'm not saying that you go out setting out to lose, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the 17-0 and talk stops. You're right. It's very difficult to be that good but I'll tell you what this team found uh last year really after the bye week after Kansas City beat them bad in November they had the bye week they came back they never lost again they found complimentary football they found a defense that could take the ball away and really came together after the bye and the offense continued to capitalize on it step on the gas and there were times where Brady and the offense had to pick the defense up because they had given up big plays etc but there were times where this defense got a big stop Got a big takeaway. Your man, Sean Murphy, bunting with some postseason interceptions. Devin White with some postseason interceptions. And the Buccaneers were very opportunistic throughout the postseason. Let's see if that continues here as we get underway um, tonight with the season. How hungry is this team? And what signs have you seen that this is a repeat type of a team? Oh, I think there is hunger to repeat. By the way, I got the voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Gene Deckerhoff, about to check in right in front of me. Golden voice, Gene, Gene Deckerhoff. There Gene, he is. Gene, yes. we got to stay out of the rain. I'm on the radio live in Las Vegas. <laughs> Do you want to give them a touchdown, Tampa Bay, yes. in Las Vegas live right now? They are uh, they are frothing at the mouth. They're asking me how hungry are the Buccaneers. I think we're all, I think we're all hungry uh, here at this point. Gene is having to to take uh, all the stuff out of his pockets and out of his bag to go in security. I came in under security shelter because of uh, the fact that it's raining, TC, right outside the stadium. Do you want to give him a touchdown, Tampa Bay? I don't even care. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Go back. There you go. There's the Gene Deckerhoff, the voice of the Buccaneers, right here, and the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, right here on the program. Right here on the TC Martin Show. Fire the cannons. Absolutely, Gene. There it is. There it is. And, and we got the song. The, we got answer, the... the answer, my friend, is yes. The Bucks are hungry. The Bucks are hungry to go get another one. The Bucks are hungry to go win this thing a second time. you got to believe, even though he won't say it, he's going to say all the right things. Tom Brady wants nothing more than to win another one and and then have, if New England is struggling this year, my friend, we're going to talk about this as the year goes on. If the Bucks are good and they're winning and they're contending, and the New England Patriots are losing again and looking like they're not going to make the playoffs. You talk about the last laugh. He's going to have he's going to have a month of last laughs, Tom Brady. So yes, there is a hunger to go get another one. It is there. TJ Reeves joined us live from Raymond James Stadium, getting ready to be on the radio call there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champs, as they take on the Cowboys tonight. Yeah, looking forward to that five uh, fifteen kickoff our time and uh, TJ Reeves there in the stadium. TJ, before we let you go, returning players 
For me, this is very unusual that you have a Super Bowl team that has so many returning players. And I want to ask you, why didn't more players leave? We see it all the time. Hey, we got the brass ring. We got the gold ring. We got that expensive right. ring that you got there uh, on the greener pastures. And for the most part, none of these guys go on to have success after they decide to leave. Is it partially that, or is it because maybe the Buccaneers are so good at their contracts or their contract situations for this group coming up here for this year is, is okay or they're happy? What is the reason why they've got everybody coming back? Well, I think for a lot of them, it was a chance to win another one, obviously, and they were willing to take less money. And there were only about three guys that you really wondered, okay, are they going to get them re-signed? Because Chris Godwin got the franchise tag, so he is making $15 million this year while they work on a long-term deal with him. But in the cases of Indomitian Sue, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette, they were, they were all looking at, okay, can we win another ring versus can I make more money somewhere else? And Dominican Sue has made over $990 million, much like T.C. Martin on the T.C. Martin show. He's got $90 million. How many more millions do you need versus winning a ring? He finally got a ring last year after being in Detroit and being in Miami and coming here. You've got Antonio Brown, who, who again, has been cast off by numerous teams and had made a bunch of money with the Steelers. This is a chance at another ring for Leonard Fournette, sure. He could have probably gone somewhere else and made seven, eight million dollars for this year with a signing bonus or whatever. He comes back to the Bucks for a couple of million plus incentives because he wants to win a championship. That's how they kept them all. They kept them all because Brady is here and because guys were willing to take less to go try to win a championship. And it all begins tonight here in a little while, in a couple of hours at Raymond James Stadium. All right, um, Ronald Jones, and you mentioned Leonard Fournette here. What are the Bucks going to do with that backfield? Is Ronald Jones the starter? Well, yes, we believe that he will be the first guy out of the box tonight for the first couple of series. But you're going to see both of them play, especially in the uh, first half of these games. They're going to be 1 and 1A. Will Jones get it on the goal line? I know fantasy football owners have been right. interested in this. I've been grilled. TC, I've been grilled everywhere <laughs> bet, yeah. about whether or not Jones will get the ball on the goal line. Will Leonard Fournette get the ball on the goal line? And they got the veteran from the Bengals, Giovanni Bernard. Will right. he be in there some? On third down, Giovanni Bernard has got to feel like he's been released from prison <laughs> to be out of Cincinnati, of all places, where they haven't won a playoff game in like 30 years, to come to Tampa Bay and have a chance to play with Tom Brady and win a ring. So he's got to feel liberated. Uh, free at last, free at last for Giovanni Bernard. But to answer the question, Jones will start, but Leonard Fournette's like the 1A. They're both going to play a bunch in the first half, and we'll see how it goes. And, and Jones, by the way, in the final year of his rookie deal, Fournette on a one-year deal, to come back, so there's a lot of incentive for those guys to keep battle hard because they're not on long-term, high-paying contracts, you see. Uh, I was confused there for a moment. I didn't know if you were talking about Giovanni Bernard or Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> <laughs> or any of the other Cincinnati Bengals, the Bungles. A.J. Green is now liberated from right. Cincinnati as well, right. as well as some others that have gotten out of there. Okay, Yeah, but uh, Pac-Man Jones definitely, you know, we talk about jail, it makes a little bit of sense there. <laughs> okay, uh, Cowboys, how much of a hard knocks did you watch? I did. I see. I saw a part of two of the episodes. Okay. Uh, highly entertaining. I did not see all of them. Uh, again, the Buccaneers were on Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, right. and uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount of access. But no, I did not see all five episodes. I saw parts of a couple. Of them. Okay, I know you're going to be on the sideline there and everything. Uh, I just want to see if you can do me a favor here. Uh, you got time? What are we talking about? Maybe. Well, yeah, almost two two hours and twenty minutes before kickoff. Can, can you go? Uh, to a nearby store or go, no, you don't even know a store. Just go to the locker room and go get some baby powder. Can you go deliver some baby powder to Ezekiel Elliott, please? And say, this is from T.C. Martin. Right. He said your gooch needs a little work. So oh, exactly. Yeah. Go get and, some and baby that, powder. That was a little TMI, a little too much information from Hard Docs. But these are the things that you find out about. These are the things that you uh, that are revealed sometimes on Hard Docs, even if even if the teams don't agree necessarily that they want that to be revealed. But yes, that is that is interesting from there. And the Cowboys look—they are the number one drawing card 
Uh, and, and it's not surprising the NFL put them on hard knocks to build up to this opening game. And everybody kept saying, well, I wonder why they didn't save this game till later. Well, the biggest thing is you don't know if the Cowboys are going to be awful again. And if they are, this game doesn't mean anything in November and December. Yeah, so at least it means something for tonight. And a little bit of a surprise that the Cowboys are actually in this game because usually we see maybe a conference championship repeat, Super Bowl repeat, or deep playoff run repeat in these opening games. But, you know, the Cowboys are there, uh, not for their success, but, you know, because they, I guess, are still American his team to some people who knows uh tj reeves live at uh, raymond james Stadium. final score prediction and uh who is maybe that player that uh, we should watch out for tonight besides the tb12 i am going buccaneers what a surprise i'm going to come on the tc martin show and say they're going to lose no buccaneers win this game give me give me 34 to 17 i think they cover it I think the Cowboys will score a couple of times, but the Buccaneers became a point-scoring machine late in last year and in the postseason. I believe they still have the streak going at seven seven straight games dating back to the regular season of last year with 30 or more in the game. They'll get 34 tonight on the Cowboys. 34-17 tonight, T.C. Martin, and a 1-0 start for Dallas to kick off the NFL 2021. T.J. Reeves, my man, I don't know another broadcaster that can say he's going from the marquee uh, opening NFL Week 1 game to immediately get on the plane uh, late tonight, early tomorrow morning to go to maybe the marquee game in college football. He'll be broadcasting as well. We're talking about Iowa, Iowa State going to Ames, Iowa, baby. We'll be listening to that here on the radio. You can listen nationwide on, on all the Compass the Media stations. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's tremendous, yes. my right friend. The doubleheader weekend. Brady and the Bucks against the Cowboys. Iowa, Iowa State, and I'm on the T.C. Martin show in Vegas. And you're on. Galactically famous. It's a trifecta, brother. And you're doing the game with my guy Steve Berline, the Iowa State game as well. So that's fantastic, all right? So good. Uh, yeah, there you go, man. You got to get your notes ready. Iowa, Iowa State, uh, great stuff there. Uh, actually, I have someone going to the game. They're bringing me back an Iowa State shirt, so I'm not going uh, go. to put that on you. You're lucky because I, I would have nailed you for that again, especially with your express delivery of this of this beautiful Tampa Bay, Champa Bay Buck and ear shirt that I'm wearing today. Anyway. I need a social media photo of you in the Champa Bay shirt right now up I, on Twitter. It's, it's Get there. Thing up there because I'm going to retweet that thing when I see it's it. Already I it's there, you, it's already there. It's there, TJ. It's there, brother. Beautiful. I'll bring you back a corn husk or something from Iowa after uh, that's over. You, you have me on next week and we'll relive this entire circus that's about to go on. Bucks, Cowboys, and Iowa, Iowa State. They're calling it Farmageddon. That's the nickname. <laughs> Farmageddon in the middle of the country Saturday because they're both in the top ten. Look out. All right, brother. Hey, great stuff. Uh, enjoy your call tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, Buccaneers defending the champs against the Cowboys tonight. Enjoy yourself, my man. Appreciate you. Be well. Always great to be on in Vegas. Let's see what happens tonight. There it is. T.J. Reeves joined us live from Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be a good one tonight. Everyone's excited. doesn't matter if you are a Buccaneers fan, a Cowboys fan, an NFL fan. It is week one, the opener. And like we said, we're kicking it off tonight, and we get to close the show on Monday night. You know, not that nonsense, the doubleheader Monday night that they've done before, and the Raiders kind of get a courtesy game, or the, you know, the, uh, the West Coast team gets it. No, we've got the meaningful game Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be fantastic as well, too. But it all starts tonight, 515 ESPN. TJ Reeves is there. Our guy exclusively right here at T.C. Martin Show. All right, we come back. Uh, another jam-packed hour coming your way. We're talking handicapping. Chuck Esposito joins us from Sunset Station, as well as our guy from Doc Sports. Scott Sprites, our resident handicapper. We got winners. We're diving into it for you right here on a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. <laughs> 